Hello, and welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Teacher Tales. Um, I am so happy you're here again. I know we've had a little bit of a hiatus, but it was well worth the wait because I have a very special guest today, and his name's Tony, and I'll let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about him. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Tony. Actually, my Chinese name is Dong Wenhao, but I go by Tony. Uh, so uh, that's what I go by. Um, I currently teach Mandarin Chinese at Sunrise Middle School at PV School District in Arizona. Okay, very good. And so how did you come to be a teacher there? Or actually, how did you become a teacher, period? Because you have an interesting journey. Yeah, um, like we talked about last time, um, I was a teacher. I, I graduated from my undergrad school, and there's a group came from Cape Creek School District to our university. Uh, they were trying to select Chinese teachers for their Mandarin program, their pilot program. And I was, at that time, I was a senior, so I was their student assistant. So I was, you know, touring them around the school, help them with translation. And they uh, ended up liking me. So I came over <laughs> right after undergrad school and taught Mandarin Chinese and started their Mandarin program uh, for the first year at Horseshoe Trial Elementary School. Uh, but then after that, uh, the visa issue didn't work out. And at the time, I was still thinking about become a millionaire. That's my goal. So <laughs> I went to graduate school, uh, got my MBA degrees and went into business world for the for the last eight, seven, eight years. But ever since then, you know, every, what they say is once you get bit by the teaching box, you always want to come back. So during COVID times, I've been thinking about like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Uh, you know, money is not the thing for me anymore. It's like, you know, once you make enough money to support yourself, it's kind of empty. So I decided to go back to teaching. And at that time, um, I, I met another, I know another person that she used to be a consultant. For, uh, she actually, she was the language director for K-Freak School District. So she introduced me to the, the current principal of my school. They were looking for a Mandarin teacher. So it all worked out. And then I start my first day on the job is the first day of school. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, so yeah, you said your goal was to be a millionaire. Um, you know, that's not the goal of most teachers, you know, when they become a, a teacher, they're definitely not going to become millionaires. Um, right. Uh, I mean, so. that's why I went into business, you know, yeah. I went into the business world and started working the corporate job. Yep. And a lot, a lot of teachers, a lot of people say like pay teachers more money, they need to be paid more money. But uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, is the money really the biggest thing or what's the real reward in teaching? Do you think? Um, I mean, I can't see, speak for most, uh, 
all the other teachers, but I can only speak for myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Like for me, uh, luckily, money is not the issue for me right now. Uh, I went into teaching purely for the impact. Like we talked about last time, when you get that email from the student that already graduated from your school saying you're you're still my best teacher and you know I, I will come back and visit you, that kind of things. That's like legacy. You can't you can't pay anything that you can't buy anything like that with money. So that's the 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 best reward I can get. But mm -hmm. um, in reality, I do think teachers need to be paid more because you know for me coming from a, a different country. Uh, I can feel like the teaching profession here is, has been politicized. So a lot of people think the teachers in school, they're trying to indoctrinate our, our, our children. Uh, in reality, I work with most of the teachers and all the teachers, they work, you know, nighttime, they work weekends. They're just trying to do the best they can to help not only with the children, you know, with the subject that they're teaching, also just try to make the, uh, you know, those students, you know, better human beings. Mm -hmm. So I do think in that regard, teacher need to be not 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 only get paid more but just need to be recognized more uh mm -hmm. as a society we need to do a better job here in the states mm -hmm. for the impact that they have and it's a positive exactly. impact and i know you mm -hmm. said you know you have children and so is that what you wish for your children too and do you see that with with um their teachers the impact that they have and a, a difference that they're making yeah i mean uh, one of my teaching philosophy in our chinese culture we say uh, one day a teacher, a lifetime of father figure, which means that you're not only just teaching the kids a subject, you're actually being sort of like a parent in school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of kids uh, I'm, I'm encountering in my school, I feel like there's something missing at home. Either they're not getting attention from their parents mm -hmm. or, or just some dysfunction at, at home that caused the kids to be a little bit problematic at school. So mm -hmm. if I can give them that kind of a care and let them know that, hey, I care about you, you know, I love you as a, as a, as an adult, you know, as a, as a teacher, that makes them feel like they're, they're loved, that they're, you know, so, there's somebody out there that care about them mm -hmm. that actually wake them up. They're like, you know, okay, I can't just go through school, you know, just doing random stuff. I actually have to, you know, work a little bit harder and just, you know, become a better, better student for my teacher. Mm -hmm. Because so. there's an adult here who cares and is, you know, helping right. me Give out. Give them the attention that they need. Right, yep. right. So, what's it like um, teaching Chinese? Um, because that's a that's a hard language. I was a language teacher, but not Chinese, and that's a whole different ball game. Teaching Chinese, and and right. what age group are you teaching? Well, I teach seventh, eighth grade, which is anywhere between twelve and fourteen. So, you know, that's the the age group that are that, that can push you. I can just oh. test your boundaries <laughs> all the time. Yeah, um, but teaching a language is interesting because I teach different courses. I teach intro Mandarin, which I use English and Mandarin to teach those classes. I also have immersion courses where I use Chinese only. Mm. So for me, it's different personalities. Once I switch my English mode, it's like right now we're talking, like I'm outgoing, I'm confident, mm -hmm. right? But when I switch my Mandarin mode, it's more like humble because that's our Chinese way of dealing with things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I have two different personalities every single day. There's some students in the, on campus that they only talk to me in Mandarin because they were in my immersion class. Even if I see me in the cafeteria, I'm still talking to them in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And there are other students that are in my intra-Mandarin class where I speak English to them most of the time. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see them. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That is very interesting to see the the difference with the language and the culture and then, mm -hmm. you know, the interaction. Um and stuff like that. So that's, that's wonderful. So um, you were born in China then and, and you came here to study. Is that it? Yeah, I was born in China. 
Um, I came over when I was 26. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I came here for graduate school. Okay. Yep. Before that, I was in China. Mm-hmm. Yep. Came here to become a millionaire, as you said. Yeah, the, the American dream, you know? Exactly. That's, that's all I heard. Yeah. That's all I heard. Because yeah. I met people from, from my um, undergrad school. They're Americans. They show me, like, what it could be. Like, I met this person that's, he's actually, he's deceased right now. But he's like my father figure. Like, he's the one that inspired me to 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 come to the States and to, to, to be more myself. Because my dad is just a regular mid-class worker in China. <laughs> I never know what life could look like until I met this person. He was like my father figure. That's why I actually go into teaching. Because, you know, before he passed away, my only goal is, to, okay, how can I pay him back? Because he's the one that changed my life, right? He changed the trajectory of my life. And the only thing I'm thinking about is, how do I pay him back? How do I do stuff for his family? And when he passed away, I kind of feel this emptiness inside. I'm like, you know, what what, what can I do now? Like, mm-hmm. I decided, to, okay, he passed it on to me. Now I'm going to pass it on to the next generation, mm-hmm. right? That's one of my motivation to become a teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to just, you know, do whatever he did to me. I'm going to pass it on to the next generation to make everybody help, you know, a better person. Yep. Yeah. And that's very common among teachers. You know, I mean, a lot of them that I've talked to here on Teacher Tales, they're like, I wasn't going to become a teacher. It wasn't my life dream. But a teacher made a huge difference in their life and they wanted to go and pay it back or make that same sort of impact and and feel that reward, which is priceless. Mm -hmm. You can't put a price tag on that you know, yeah. changing a child's life and your child, your life has changed forever as well. So, yeah. I mean, every day I feel like I'm making a, a big difference. That's why I always tell all, all my students, like the only thing that they need to give me out, like I don't, I tell everybody, my, all my students, I like, you don't need to buy me anything for the teacher appreciation week. I don't need anything from you guys. The only thing I need is for them to send me an annual email update after they graduate from my school. So I know what's going on in their life. My biggest reward is like when I'm retired, 65 or whatever, mm-hmm. and I see, I know my students are out there making a difference in the world so I can brag about it to my friends or my pe- family. I got, that's my students. You know, mm-hmm. I made a little difference in their life. You know, that's my legacy. That's that's the only thing I care about right now as a teacher. I, I, you know, I could care less about others, the material stuff. The only thing I care about is the legacy that I'm making. So, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. lying in bed, I can't even move when I'm old. I know my students are out there making a difference. And mm-hmm. I had a little bit tiny piece to do with, with their mm-hmm. life. So that's yeah. the only thing I care about. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because we do call our students our kids. It's like they're our children. All the teachers say, well, my kids this and my kids that. Yeah, and I that, know now, you know, at my end of the career, my, you know, this part of the career, I look uh, at all of my quote unquote friends on Facebook and they're mostly my former students and they're adults yeah. and they have mm-hmm. children and I see how happy they are, how um, well adjusted they are, you know, the jobs that they have. Um, and and it, it's an immense amount of pride. And it is, mm-hmm. it is exactly what you said, a legacy when you're at this end of your life and you look back and you say, I did do some good in this world and I've left something behind that yep. will continue to you know, give good back to the next generation and so on. And that is Mm -hmm. the legacy of a teacher. And it's hard. It's hard to be a teacher. But, you know, anybody that makes that much of an impact on the world is it it is hard. It's a lot of work. 
a lot right. of work. So yes, like back to our conversation last time, you know, I, I talk about this. It's not just teaching; it's any profession. You know, most of the people in that in a certain profession, they know what to do, right? They know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a small amount of people know how to do it. They know how to do it well, but it's a uh, very few people knows why they do it, right? If you don't know why you're doing it, and maybe there's like some incident happening in school, you're like, nah, that's it for me. I, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you keep reminding yourself your why, like why you're doing this, and your why can't be like I'm here to to make more money or I'm here to to get the vacation, the summer break, the benefit of those. It's got to be something deeper than those. But once you have your why, then you can go through the up and downs every day. You know, you have a bad day at school, you know your why. You just keep reminding yourself before you go to bed. It's like, this is my why, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can show up the next day and, and mm-hmm. you know, get ready and do it all over again. You know, yeah. that's that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And I think through the pandemic and what we're seeing with uh, how teaching is becoming extremely difficult in uh uh, for in some states more than others. I'm in Florida, and it's very hard for teachers right now as their libraries are being questioned and uh, mm-hmm. you know being told that they can't have certain books in their classrooms and everything. Um, they're they're they have to stick to their why. They can't be you know focused on that and you know leave the profession because they are there because they want to make a difference in the life of a child and that legacy. And so it's some days it's tough, but life is hard. It's not always, you know, rainbows and cupcakes and an easy thing. Uh, Teaching's hard every day because you're, you're not dealing in a commodity or a product like, you know, manufacturing something you're dealing in human beings and and they're young. And, and, and each one of them are different. You can't just, there's no cookie cutter method mm-hmm. of doing this. You've got to treat each kid differently. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it, it, it is hard because, you know, you have a big class. Sometimes you, you want to do everything the same way, but you know, sometimes you've got to, you know, learn a little bit about each kid, learn their background, learn, them, learn about their family. And then you figure mm-hmm. out, okay, this is how you can push this kids. This is how you actually bring them up. Sometimes they're too arrogant. You got to push them down a little bit. And let them ground, you know, get grounded a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's how you do it by by building that relationship with every one of their kids. Mm-hmm. In a business setting, you know, you might have a few coworkers that you have to deal with, um, and the right. different personalities. But with a teacher, you know, for a high school teacher, it can be as many as you know, 150 kids a day, and that's 150 yeah. different contexts, personalities, situations. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's like doing, going from adding to calculus, you know, it's that hard and complicated. It is for I mean, a teacher. You know, teacher is like the most isolated job in the world. Because um, mm-hmm. we're, we're not, not a social, you know, we're not socialized with our coworker, coworkers most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we have literally four minutes between each class period. We can't even go to the bathroom, really mm-hmm. use that time. Um, and we spend most of the time in the classroom with those, with those students. So in a way, I think teachers definitely need more support mm-hmm. um, because not every teacher needs to have that deep because, you know, you, you can have some, but I don't, I don't think it's realistic for every teacher to, to have that kind of a, um, how do you say, that kind of a deeper understanding of, of the profession because, mm-hmm. you know, not, it's like every, every, every profession, you, you, you can only have, you can, you can teach them, but that's like, it's internal. 
you can't like I can tell them this is my why, but they can't just take it and say this is mine now, right? They have to dig deep, like why? They have to find their own why. Each teacher is different. Some mm-hmm. of the teachers maybe maybe they're they're in the profession because they enjoy the summer break benefit, right? If that's your why, that's fine. But you know, but that why doesn't get you through some of the toughest day in teaching. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So what advice would you have for a uh, someone who is thinking about coming into teaching? Well, I would probably say um cuz in our in our in our culture there's in the yin and yang, right? So mm-hmm. in a sense we say you got to look at things on both both sides. So in a way, teaching um it's not the best profession, it's not the worst profession. It's just like any other profession, but you need to think you need to really find out like whether it's it fits your personality and your ambition and all that stuff so mm-hmm. yeah there, there's downsides for that right there's burnout there, there's teachers do a lot of things that are you know unnoticed but then also there's there's the bright side and that's like the priceless part is what i'm talking about the impact that you're making mm-hmm. all the emails you're going to be getting from your students all the little you know drawings that your kids write you're the best teacher you know i love you or all that stuff mm-hmm. so you just gotta look at both sides and say, do you know? Is this, you know, it is good for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, it is right. For some, it might not be. But what I'm gonna encourage everybody that are looking to this profession is at least try it. You know, you got you got at least say, I'm gonna try it, and not just for a few few days. You know, like when I'm decided to come back to teaching, even though it was hard last year, I made a promise to myself. I'm like, I'm not gonna quit no matter what for five years. You know, in five years, I might rethink about my decision, but I'm going to stick it for five years. And most of the principals and the teacher, they told me you need at least three years to get used to, you know, to adjust to that, the, mm-hmm. the profession. So mm-hmm. I'm going to stick it for five years and see what's happening. So I guess in, in, a, in a way, my biggest advice to all the people that are aspire to be a teacher is, you know, once you decided to try it, get your feet wet and just stick it, stick it with it for a few years before you, you know, rethink your decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that um, reward and the legacy too. Even reading the letters, I, I have, I have, I've been cleaning through some things lately. You know, after the beginning of the new year and stuff, we like to clean things out. Um, and I have letters and cards and stuff from students, and it's it's very, you know, touching to read them. But the, also when I was teaching to have them in a file and pull them out on those tough days and read those notes from those students. But other rewards too, like my daughter is a teacher and she went to a 5K fundraiser this morning and some of her students were there and they were so excited to see her, you know, because kids think, you know, they just see you in the classroom. Like you said, they're isolated, but when they see you at a, at a social event or outside of school, they'll never forget Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, they wanted to run with her when they were doing the race and try to chat with her. And then they wanted their picture taken with her afterwards. And that's, um, those are relationships and those are the things that make a difference and them knowing that she took her Saturday and cared enough to come, you know, to do that, not only as a fundraiser for the school, but also to, you know, be there to support the kids that were running or parents that were and all of that. That's, you know, you don't do that in business, but uh, so it's not a, uh, 
it's not a, a daily job. It's a 24 hour, you know, seven days a week job. Yeah. Yeah. I read about this, this, uh, I have on my wall, but it's a, it's a, it's a graph. It's a bar graph. It shows like what, what students remember from school. It's like 20% is probably what the teacher taught them. 80% is how much the teacher care and love about them. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's true. Cause I can think of all the teachers that I still remember not because what they taught me, but because they treat me nice and they, you know, they, they care about me as a human being. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. So, well, it has been lovely to talk with you. Is there anything else that you would like to add and, and, you know, tell the world about teaching or uh, about teachers, like maybe some advice to parents and people who are not teachers and <laughs> give them some insight or some advice? Um, I wouldn't say I'm going to give anybody an advice because, you know, I'm, I'm new to this profession. Um, but the only thing I would probably say is, um, you know, because like you said, it's, it's a relationship and those relationships last a very long time. So um, we have a saying uh, in, in the Eastern culture, uh, it's like the, you, you really start understand the, and understanding the meaning of life when you start planting trees under which shade you're not planned to sit so mm-hmm. in a way it's like you're doing something for the future which you're you you're you don't even think about reaping the benefit from so right. and that rewards is actually when you think it that way you don't think it transactionally you think just like you're purely like just being selfless actually you get the, the most rewarded from it like you don't expect that but you actually get that that many uh that much reward back which is, you know, you can't even describe it. Mm-hmm. And it is priceless. Well, is. thank you for being in the profession and for, you know, for working with middle school kids and teaching them Mandarin because teaching middle schoolers is, is um, it takes a very special person, but then to, to get them to really tackle something as difficult in school as learning Mandarin um, you're like doubly special. So thank you. <laughs> and, um, and good luck in the profession. It was very nice to meet you. And, um, and uh, I, I hope you have more than five years in the profession because the kids need teachers like you. They really Definitely. do. Yeah. I will stick with it. All right, good. Hello again, everyone. This is your host, Linda Markley. And I'd like to invite you to nominate a teacher to be a guest on the podcast and to share their story. All you have to do is go to www.spiritofteaching.org and fill out the nomination form. Again, that's www.spiritofteaching.org. Also, please share, rate, and give some feedback to help us better serve you in the spirit of teaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to having you back next time on Teacher Tales.